Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the hump day edition of the Yard Man. It's tough to keep up with what day it is. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's just me. Or maybe we're all failing. But it just seems like to me that it's more difficult to keep up with uh, the days when we're, when we're, when every day kind of feels the same. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not going to ball games. Kids aren't going to school. So what day is it? I have to check my phone a lot. I've seen a lot of that out there on social media. People saying they're struggling with the same thing. That's how I feel during Christmas break. But this feels much different, as you guys know. And if I've gotten louder, it's because I uh, tried to adjust the levels here. I listened to the show today, and it seemed like it was a little muted, so I'm trying to change that. So a lot to talk about today. Even though we don't have any ball games to talk about, there have been some positive developments. There have been some other things that uh, are worthy of discussion. So we're going to put those out there. Mississippi State, among others, affected by Greg Sankey's recent comments on a conference call. We're going to talk about that. He spent 45 minutes speaking with the media this morning. We're going to talk about some of the things that, that he discussed. Looks like we're coming in a little bit hot there. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> So we'll address that. What does it mean for you guys going forward? We know there's no Super Bulldog weekend. We don't know anything about spring practice yet other than it's been pushed back. We were supposed to start spring practice tomorrow, but that's not going to happen. So that's kind of what we're working through now is when does all this stuff take place? I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, and I've got some some recent information from them that I want to share. They are still doing dine-in service at both locations right now. Still doing that, kind of taking it a day at a time. There's not been directive yet from uh, Tate Reeves to close restaurants, even though some have decided to just do curbside servers. Now, if you if you are opposed to going in and sitting down, they will do curbside service for you. Just call ahead and let them know what you want. You can take care of it. They'll bring it right out to your car. So Bulldog Burger Company, still doing business as normal, but also too bringing curbside service out to you. So, and, and, and here's the thing too, and I shared this a couple days ago. Let's say for an example, because our historical businesses are going to take a hit here. There's no ball games for them. This is going to be a major, major economic hit. So if Bulldog Burger Company is one of your favorite places to eat, let me encourage you. Go ahead and order some gift certificates from Bulldog Burger Company. You're, you're going to use them, or you'll give them to college students, or you'll give them to your kids when they come to town or whatever. Bulldog Burger Company, still open, still able to serve you. Uh, I called and spoke to somebody just moments ago. Uh, they're there. Now, it might be nice to eat outside, but uh, nevertheless, you can get food from Bulldog Burger Company. You can still get the mentality, add bacon. You can still do all of that. I, I would encourage people to get out, get the curbside service, go back home, eat in the safety of your home. That would be my recommendation. But if, you know, if you're thinking, you know what, I'm okay, I'll just go, you can still go eat at Bulldog Burger Company. So it's important to get that out there because I think some people maybe maybe in town aren't fully appreciative of, of the opportunities that are still available. I know, again, many restaurants are going drive through only, but at Bulldog Burger Company, you can get curbside service and dine-in service. Bulldog Burger Company, now with two locations to serve you on University Drive here in Starkville and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet. So let's take some time and talk about Greg Sankey's conference call. You know, 45 minutes in length, touch on a variety of subjects, and the one that is of most immediate concern to all of you is spring football, right? And we're not going to have a spring game. There's not going to be any pro days on campus or anything like that. So we're done with football as far as that part of it goes. You guys won't be able to see Mississippi State play again until at least September. 
So what are we going to do about spring football? So as you guys know, they have suspended all activity, I guess, to April the 15th. I think that was the uh, the deadline there, April 15th. Initially, you know, it was April 30th, or pardon me, March 30th, and they pushed it back. So no on-campus activity. One of the things that I was told privately is one of the reasons they want to go ahead and send student-athletes home is so there wouldn't be the temptation for them to gather on their own. And there wouldn't be the temptation from some coaches from far away to say, hey, you guys better be out there working. You guys better be doing this. And so you send guys home, you disperse the crowds, you get into smaller groups, and you have them go shelter with their families until this thing passes. I'm not a disease expert or any of this, anybody stretch of imagination. I am still very optimistic this is going to be over sooner rather than later. And we're going to be better people as a result of it. And we're going to go back and enjoy football like we never have before. But here's what Greg Zanke had to say. That's my focus. I'm a half-full perspective person. I have optimism. We have taken measures, as have our colleague conferences at this time. If I read those health leaders, they say they're going to have a period of time to see what happens with the growth of these cases. I'm talking about coronavirus cases. We'll make decisions down the road. So for me, our responsibility is to continue to support the public health decision uh, making, but also prepare to do our work as assigned to us. We've categorized things. One is to be focused on the work we have. The second is to make sure we're prepared for the next year as planned. And the third is to engage in a big picture thing, which is the contingency planning, but also strategic planning. So... One of the things I think is important about all this is, and we're going to get into some of this a little bit later in the show, is what do you do about crowning a national champion in basketball? What, what do you do about trying to get everybody handled from an eligibility standpoint? We're going to get into that a little bit later. That's, that's the immediate concern. What do you do right now with all of this? And then do you begin to move things into the fall? How would that impact next year's scheduling? What's the priority there? Because really, you'd like to be able to do business as normal. Once you get into the fall semester, you'd really like to have not to have a lot of carryover. And so uh, there, are, are, there are some ideas that are being exchanged in relation to that. Because at this point, we sit kind of incomplete as it relates to the, the, the spring sports. Now, we know baseball, softball not coming back, but there are still some things that have to be ironed out with all of that. I've even heard there's even a possibility, perhaps, you know, some proposals about having a smaller NCAA basketball tournament at some point. And you know what? At this point, I think if we were able to get that even in the middle of July, I think we'd be happy to have something, a return to normalcy in some respects. So they went on and talked a little bit about, you know, about, you know, with spring practice being put off to April 15th, you know, we're running out of days. You know, how, how do we change the calendar? How do we schedule these things? How do we get everything put together? Because teams like Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Missouri, and others, we're, we're installing new systems. And Mississippi State has not had the benefit of any spring practices. You know, Ole Miss has had a couple. You know, and so for those of us that are installing new systems, there is a big disadvantage here because there is a bit of a learning curve with all of this. And so it's not to give anybody else a competitive ad advantage, but in Mississippi State and Ole Miss's category, we're, we're kind of at a competitive disadvantage. So here's what Sankey said about some of that stuff, about the possibility of us having spring practices a little bit later. 
Uh, it doesn't apply to spring practice at this time, talking about banning activity. And I think that's the important qualifying phrase. We have said no athletic activities through April 15th. That doesn't mean we'll be back to normal or practice activities on April 16th. It's just a, a date certain that allows our administrators to communicate with our students, our coaches, our student athletes that have resulted in their departures from campus. If you look at the national public messaging about no gatherings above 50, it's certainly difficult to conduct any football practice under that limitation. Even with smaller numbers that have been communicated, 10 is often referenced, thereby making it impossible into May, as been stated. I'm not going to be overly optimistic about the return to practice. We haven't fully closed that opportunity, but I think practically that window is pretty narrow. I think we would all agree with that. And so how do you adjust that? Do you give these guys some summer practices? Do you allow them to begin practice sooner for fall? Do you allow, because, you know, summer workouts, you know, traditionally are off limits to coaches. Do you perhaps maybe uh, have some walkthrough practices and maybe without pads during the summer months? That There is going to be an adjustment in the college football practicing calendar this year. It will likely be a one-year type thing, but there we're, we're getting a situation now where we're running out of time for spring practices, so how do you handle that? Those are things that are being discussed, and there won't be any answers until after we know what's going on with this health crisis around the globe. It's as simple as that. There are no answers. There are a lot of people out there that suggest they have answers, and, and they don't. You know, I read some things yesterday on social media uh, that some people in the media put out there that are in stark contrast to what Greg Sankey had to say. And Greg Sankey, and listen, I, I'm unbelievably critical at times about SEC officiating. Greg Sankey's a great leader. Officiating is going to be a problem at every conference, and I think it's probably a bigger deal here because, you know, the money that's involved, and you would think we should be able to hire more competent officials and hold them more accountable. But Greg Sankey is a great leader, and I know these are difficult times for him, and he is a guy that, that, that wields a pretty big stick in college football circles. And so Greg, I'm sure, will be able to go out there and get some support among other conferences to bring change and to put together a calendar that works for everybody. But it's going to be after these health crisis issues have been addressed. And so one of the things that he was asked about, too, is what do you do with this calendar? Look, you know, if the spring is completely washed away and we can't get into anything until after graduation, after the spring semester is over, what do we do? Sankey says, what I'd, what I'd say is it's not just defined, let's not just define some structure. I'm confident if we're not able to practice further this spring, I'm confident we'll be able to seek opportunities to make sure our teams are adequately prepared heading into the season. Elements of that are going to be guided by the public health realities in front of us. Those are one of the things to begin to think about. Because you get a lot of stuff going on around you. You know, you get a lot of other people that, are, that have a say in things that have to provide some clearance before you can make decisions about your own organization. And so we talked a little bit about earlier in the show about how important it is to kind of keep things on schedule. And this is one of the things that he kind of mentioned is, you know, our focus is on preparing for the 2021 academic year. The fall season is currently scheduled. And that's been a big concern that you guys, a lot of people have, well, football going to be pushed back. Well, here's the thing about that. You can't push it back. You can cancel some dates, but you can't push it back because it will be a scheduling nightmare. I mean, there's no like, you know, Mississippi State's got a season opener you know, New Mexico State, I mean, what's to say they're going to have an available date later in the schedule that's going to fit? I mean, so there's just so many variables to that. You could cancel some weeks and have an abbreviated season. 
but you can't push football back. You just can't. There's just too many moving parts to it. So, <clears throat> there's a period of the, at the, on the end of that sentence, he says, we'll obviously think about everything going forward because we're making, we're being guided by public health information decision-making. But my hope is we can return to our normal organized team activities, our normal experiences, and be part of that celebration around soccer, volleyball, cross country, and football in the fall. But we'll have to see. Last week at this time, I was preparing for basketball games. He was at the SEC tournament. And I think all of us will have a responsibility to a contingency plan appropriately without making any, any type of predictions. One of the things he did mention, too, media days at this point is still go. And that's in July. And Sankey says his exact word were full steam ahead. So, again, there are a lot of variables that we don't know at this point. But one of the things we do know is that uh, you know, it looks like we're a few weeks behind, you know, some of the other countries where this thing kind of originated. You know, you know the South Koreans have been praised around the around the globe for their handling of this, and uh, we're beginning to kind of see some things. And I don't know that you can trust the Chinese data, but we're, we're you're beginning to see the South Koreans have some progress in all of this. And so, again, we're a little bit behind those folks. But there is optimism to think that okay, that let's let's begin to think a month from now we might we might see life completely different. Now I know you say Steve, a month from now, a month from now I'm going to be you know I'm going to be going absolutely nuts. There's no telling what kind of uh, what type of quarantine beards we're all going to have by then, right? I don't think anybody's shaving right now. But you understand my point is that there are a lot of variables involved here, but there is still some reason for optimism that in the next few weeks we will begin to see some ebb and flow with this in a positive direction, and then in hopes of us having some type of uh, you know, spring or early summer practices, and then we get into media days, and then hopefully uh, find a regular routine to things. But that's where Sankey is today. And again, Sankey is a great leader. He will make the best decisions for the Southeastern Conference, and we'll kind of move forward with this thing. But we're still talking sports. We're still planning to play sports. And there are a lot of people out there that are excited about the possibilities. You know, there, there's still been plenty of stuff to talk about, and you know, with free agency, and then you've got some some professional athletes that have tested positive for coronavirus. And I think it's one of those things too when you you look at our colleague Carly Hartong got uh, that uh, Kelly Hartong got diagnosed with uh, coronavirus too and tested positive, but appears to be doing okay. But it just continues to show that this is no respecter of persons. Tom Hanks shared earlier, I guess yesterday, that uh, they're doing fine. You know, still got some of the symptoms, but they're doing fine and, and appear to be getting better. And uh, they're not hospitalized. And so I think we continue to kind of learn some things about this virus. Everybody needs to take it very, very seriously uh, and not live their lives in a uh, toilet paper hut or anything or fortress. But we're moving forward. And it's as simple as that. I remind you guys, too, that I have made the switch to Hawthorne.co. You should, too. I, I, I say this. Not just because of the fact that um, they're sponsors of our show. I would not have taken them as a sponsor if I was not pleased with their product. So let me encourage you, visit them at Hawthorne.co. Take the quiz. It's very, very simple. It only takes a minute or so, two minutes max. You take that quiz, and then they will then match product to your preferences. You'll be amazed at how much better you smell. Not that you smell bad now, but you're going to be even prouder about how you smell. Visit them at Hawthorne, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O, because at some point you're going to be on a date night again, right? Right? 
And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase to save you a little money to encourage you to give them an opportunity. Promo code Boneyard. It'll save you 10% off your first order. You can get as much as you want or as little as you like. You can get the cologne, which I like that. I like the variants. You get the work play. You get the work scent and the play scent. You can get body wash. You get shampoo and conditioner. Uh, there's just so many options to choose from. It will make you feel better about your cologne buying and personal scent buying decisions having the experts at Hawthorne.co to help you. Again, that's Hawthorne.co, promo code Boneyard. One of the things that we've talked about extensively is scholarship eligibility. I shared some things on Gene's page yesterday in the What We're Hearing uh, section. We run that from time to time, kind of as needed. There are a lot of details that have to be kind of worked out here. And as I've said on this show, and I know that there are some power broker coaches in the college basketball world that are really advocating for an additional year. I don't think that's fair. I, I really don't. I don't think it's fair to give college basketball another year. I think it is fair to try to find a way to get a tournament of some sorts put together this summer or late spring, whether we have fans or not. I think you could even go back to that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that the, the first steps involve us just throwing caution to the wind and everybody just kind of resuming our normal lives. But there was some discussion about, you know, a 16-team tournament. Uh, there was some discussion about even a 2014 tournament. It's just a different dynamic there. But I think in, if if you can make that happen, then you're able to award a national champion on the men's and the women's side and bring some some finality to the season. And I, I've read people talk about well, you get the CBI, the NIT. That 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 doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all. That 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 does not matter. Nobody cares. Can you tell me who won a CBI last year? Can you tell me who won the NIT last year? Of course you can't because it doesn't – I mean, while it's fun to go play in those games and you're always happy to cheer for your team on the fields and courts of play, those tournaments are inconsequential. So you're not going to make a decision based on the NIT or the CBI. And I've read some some media people that have said, oh, well, these number of teams could keep playing. Those tournaments are relevant. And so you, you can't factor in, well, these guys were denied the opportunity to compete in the CBI, so we need to go ahead and uh, – and, and reinstate them. But it's a complicated issue. I, I think it's very cut and dry, really, for basketball, though. Uh, yeah, I think with spring sports, that's that's part of the deal. But uh, when there are so many teams whose teams are already – when their season's already over, that's difficult. I, I mean, let's – you'll think I'm picking on Ole Miss, and I'm not. Ole Miss didn't win a single conference game. They were They were eliminated in the first round of the SEC tournament. Why should they be given another year? Their their season was not interrupted. Their season was complete. And so why, why would they be given more basketball to play? And then there's all this transfer portal stuff. There are people that are entering the transfer portal at Mississippi State and, and at Ole Miss. You know, so, so what do you do for all those people? There's just so many variables with that. But I, I think when you look at this thing, the only fair and equitable thing to do is to either give college basketball a tournament of sorts, let them crown a champion, and then you move on. Even if you did it in early fall. And I know in many respects that would kind of conflict with with football a little bit, but you could knock this thing out in a couple weeks. You could even play it during the midweek. You know, we're going to be jonesing for some sports anyway. But you could play those games at venues, neutral sites, and you could get this thing wrapped up pretty quickly. And while it wouldn't be, you know, a 64-team tournament, you would have an opportunity to crown a champion. 
and have some finality with the, the 2020 basketball season. I know there are some people that are calling for sweep and eligibility across the board that anybody whose season was interrupted should be granted another year of eligibility. I don't agree with that. I, I think certainly for baseball and track and field and and softball, tennis, and I know many track and field things are already resolved, but uh, you know, anybody that, that had not had the opportunity to play in the postseason, I think those are finished. I really do. I think I think anybody that's had a chance to play in the postseason, you're done. And you can say, well, Steve, we didn't get a chance to play, but the SEC tournament had started. I think you have to just kind of pick the brackets and go from there on the basketball side. But with baseball and softball, I think you have to give those people another year of eligibility. Well, then what do we do with statistics? And that's a minor thing. I mean, it really is. It's, it's probably one of the least important things in the equation. You know, Mia Davidson is somebody that uh, is chasing some pretty lofty records. You know, she, she'll probably set the SEC hits and home runs record. Uh, so she still hit those home runs. So should she have those kind of removed from her record, even though the, the season was arrested? Those are details that have to be worked out. And then what do you do about, you know, baseball? Let's talk about scholarship limitations in baseball. There's going to be a draft. Okay, go ahead and get ready for that. I know there's some people out there, some, there's some fear mongers out there that will suggest, oh, there's not going to be a draft. There's going to be a draft. There'll be a draft. And they'll pick players, but there'll be some guys that will have some leverage and may like to come back. You know, a guy like Jordan Westberg, I'll give you a good example. You know, Jordan Westberg is still a pretty relatively young guy. And so there are a lot of people that have a first-round tag on Jordan Westberg. Well, let's say he gets drafted in the fourth round. Well, he may decide, you know what, I'll just go back to school. I'll play my way into the first because I've got two years of leverage if they're given that year of eligibility. And listen, Killer Rogers is a friend, and I saw that he tweeted out that he had heard that it was just going to be seniors only. That's not the information that I have. Uh, I heard, I was told yesterday that it's going to be across the board. If they give another year of eligibility, it will be for everybody in baseball and softball who had their seasons impacted. And Greg Sankey kind of referenced that again today. He does not see this as a senior deal. So if there is going to be another year of eligibility, if we're just going to wash this year away, it's going to apply to everybody, not just to seniors. And so then all of a sudden you're going to have some baseball rosters out there that are going to have about 50 players. You know, so then what do you do about playing time? And, you know, if you look, let's, let's say for an example, let, let's say that you were a catcher. And I had somebody mention this yesterday, somebody that I trust. It said, you know, if, if I'm looking at Luke Hancock and Logan Tanner, and now Hancock's going to be a sophomore again and Logan Tanner's going to be a freshman again, now I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to ask out of my national letter of intent because now, now I'm probably not going to play, you know, for a year or so. And so then all of a sudden, what do you do then? You know, if, if we're going to say, okay, you can't, you, you can you return your roster intact and then you add your signees. Well, then there's all the variables that go along with all that. Well, what if I want to transfer? You know, I, I this wasn't what I signed up for, and now there's a, I don't have the same opportunity at this baseball program that I expected. There's no longer the, uh, the probability of playing that I was told about in the recruiting process. So, okay, well, Mr. Mr. Catcher, we're going to let you transfer. Well, then I should get immediate eligibility because this is no fault of my own, so why should I have to sit a year? And so all of those things have to kind of be mapped out. I don't have all the answers. 
but I think this this situation here is going to provide some dialogue to get this transfer situation resolved one way or another. I know some people are wanting the you know one-time immediate transfer thing where you should be able to transfer and have immediate eligibility. I'm not a big fan of that, okay, but I don't like any things that impede the you know the the availability of opportunity for student athletes. I'm always for the student athlete. And I think if you had immediate eligibility, especially in football, that uh, you would have a lot of tampering. That's that's how that's what I believe. I believe, let's say for an example, let, you know, let, let's go back a few years when DeAndre Brown was uh, the number three wide receiver in the country behind uh, Julio Jones and AJ Green. That that's that's the rarefied air that he was mentioned. And there were some people that thought he was going to be the number one receiver in his class. Well, he gets in at Southern Miss. And let's say if you had this in place, you know, after a year or two, when people say, you know what, he's able to handle the load academically and he's been an absolute star, what's to stop somebody from, say, the University of Alabama or LSU from contacting, I guess, Todd Mangum was his high school coach then and say, hey, Todd, listen, I don't know if he's looking to transfer or not, but if he is, we've got an opportunity for him. Well, then all of a sudden, you've got unlimited free agency, you know, and there has to be some level of protection for the schools. I think that's that's a factor that's got to be factored in this whole thing too. What do, what do you do with all of that? And so, in the grand scheme, when you begin to think about the possibility of you know this Mississippi State roster kind of returning intact, I think Justin Foskey is probably gone for sure. But outside of that, I think there are a lot of variables that involved. You know, Rowdy Jordan could probably benefit from another year. Tanner Allen's been banged up this year and, and uh, playing a new position. He's a guy that obviously could benefit from another year of eligibility. I don't know what these guys think about going to school. I don't know. But I know what they think about playing for Mississippi State. That's one of the things that uh, a good source of mine shared with me yesterday. Is, you know, it's like, let's just say for an example, you know, you, you go through the grind of, of the SEC schedule and you've got classes, and you've got finals, and you've got all the other stuff, and then you get to the regionals, and then you get to super regionals, and then and then you get to Omaha. Well, by that time, you're looking around there, and you're thinking, man, I, I'm, I'm ready for a break. I'm ready to do something different. And then you think, okay, well, well let's, go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and sign with Pro Ball. And then about a month into that deal, or six weeks into that deal, they're thinking, man, you know what, I sure miss my friends. I sure miss being in Mississippi State. I sure miss being able to go to the Merlin Hitton Tunnel and be able to hit whenever I want to. I sure miss all that while I'm riding a school bus around, going to some little dirt town to play ball in front of 1,500 people on a Saturday at a doubleheader where there's free beer. Well, they're, they're getting to do that now. If these guys were robbed of the opportunity to play for a championship, to play into a regional, to play for an SEC title, and they're kind of looking around wondering what might have been. And so I think that that thought process is something that has to be considered when you begin to look at the Mississippi State baseball outlook for next year. I think that is something you have to really, really, really consider. Is This is a team that was built for another Omaha run. They have never ended the season anywhere other than Omaha. And then they have had the carpet ripped out from under them this year. There is something there that I think that has to be valued the opportunity to come back and play for a championship and preserve your leverage for Major League Baseball. So I think as a result, and not just at Mississippi State, but I think across college baseball, you're going to see some guys that elect, so you know what, I'm going to go back. 
And so as a result, some other guys will rise up the draft boards. I think you're going to see a lot of Major League Baseball teams that have to do some incredible due diligence this year, not just in scouting because they don't have the benefit of the spring, but they also have to make sure these guys are going to sign. you got to make sure these guys are going to sign. And you begin to look at guys, too. We, we talk about having the two years of leverage. You know, Tanner Allen had two years of leverage last year and elected to come back. Brent Rooker had two years of leverage and elected to come back, played his way and be a first-rounder. Ethan Small had two years of leverage, elected to come back, became a first-rounder. So there is some benefit in coming back, and especially when you've got a talented team around you. So eager to see what happens with all of that. And, again, it's not just a senior deal. I know that, again, I know some reports got there yesterday, and, again, I'm not throwing shade at Kendall Rogers. I, I love Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fit. Love the job they do. Stitchhead, everybody. Eric Sorensen, the whole, the, the lot of them do a lot for college baseball. But he's just wrong about this. And that's okay because I've been wrong about stuff before too. That's just part of the deal. Speaking of being wrong, I don't know that you can go wrong with our friends at my bookie. Great folks, great payouts. Many of you are probably a little bit stir crazy right now. I know some of you that are regular gamblers that go down to the casinos on the Mississippi Gulf Coast or uh, you go up there in the, to Tunica there in the Mississippi Delta. But you get out and you go and say, you know what? I want to make life a little interesting and put a little skin in the game. And now you've kind of been robbed of that opportunity because casinos around the country are closed. Even Vegas closed uh, last night at midnight. So our friends at MyBookie, they are eager to give you guys an alternative. So let me encourage you to give them an opportunity to, uh, to allow them to serve you. You can bet on just about anything you want to right there. You can bet on the Democratic National uh, nominee. You can bet on a presidential election. You can bet on the next pope. There's just an unlimited amount of things that you can bet on there. Now, there's not a lot of sports being played in our world. There was some MMA over the weekend. There will be more to come. My bookie's been a sponsor of this show periodically for pretty much since the inception of the show. Great payouts, great odds, great experiences. So mybookie.ag, promo code Boneyard. By using that, that Boneyard promo code, that'll get you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right, 50%. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So let's move on to this week's top 10, today's top 10 list, pardon me. I have had so, a, lot, a lot of people reached out about the top 10 list. A lot of varying opinions. A lot of people said that I was wrong to exclude Ozzy. Some other people said, Steve, you should have had ACDC on your list. I don't consider ACDC metal. I think ACDC is just a good rock and roll band. And you could make that argument for Tesla, too. They were kind of lumped into that hair metal category because they were on MTV and on Headbangers Ball. But uh, I've enjoyed the the opinions for sure. And I uh, had a couple people reach out and say, Steve, no Scorpions? No, 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 no Scorpions. But I, I agree that they deserved an honorable mention at the very least. Now, I've seen the Scorpions play live a couple times. Klaus Mane is incredible. Rudolf Schenker, incredible. Love those guys. You know, and, and one of my favorite bands that I, I forgot to include, really, and I don't know that I would consider them hair metal because I think they were more prog rock, was Queensryche. I love Queensryche. Listen to Queensryche this morning. I listen to Operation Mindcrime in, in its entirety about once a month. Love that whole album. Yeah, and that's one of those things. There's not enough of that anymore. There's not enough of these albums that tell stories. So today we're going to stick with music, and we're going to stick with 80s, but we're going to do one-hit wonders. One-hit wonders. 
I'm not going to give any honorable mentions. I'm just going to give you my list. Now, you're welcome to put your list together. Your list is wrong, but this is America. You've got the right to be wrong, and you can let me know. Give me your uh, your suggestions. And I had a couple of suggestions from a longtime listener that I'm going to talk about, too, before we go. A couple of things that he mentioned that I, I should probably discuss. But here is the definitive top ten list. And I've read a bunch of them because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't overlooking anything. I, I am an 80s music aficionado. The number 10, number 10, and it's among the first music videos that we ever saw because HBO used to play it in between movies when there was some time to kill and there were fillers or whatever. MTV played it, Nickelodeon played it, it seemed like everywhere played it. It was like when it, when they first started playing it, I'm like, who is this guy? It's Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. Electric Avenue, because that's what we're going to rock down to. Electric Avenue, a great one-hit wonder. Number nine on the list, and words for living, we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time by Jermaine Stewart. We could drink some cherry wine. Well, I, I you can. I can't. I'm, I'm not, well, I can. I just choose not to. I'm retired from all of that. A tremendous one-hit wonder. Number eight, I still play this in my car sometimes, but I'm on those long road trips and coming home for baseball. You know, because I, I don't know if you know this, but I was kind of involved in the early 90s dancing. One of the greatest dance songs of all time. Let the music play from Shannon. Great bass line, great instrumentation. I, I don't even really care about the lyrics. I just know that this song absolutely jams. Let the music play by Shannon. Go listen to it today. Number seven, a little more of a... Uh, you know, a, a, a step towards rock music here, Tainted Love by Soft Cell. My wife ruined this song for me, honestly. I, I used to love this song, but she ruined it for me because she told me that when she was in college years ago, that uh, before she met me, that some guy played this song for her, and uh, she didn't like it. But I, but the, the thought of some dude singing to my wife just kind of turns me off. So anytime I hear the song, I think of that. And so, But I still believe that it is one of the greatest one-hit wonders of all time, not just the 80s. Interesting song. One of those things, and you go back and listen to the instrumentation, there there really wasn't a whole lot like that. It was really kind of groundbreaking in its own right. Number six, back on the R&B tip, The Rain by Orange Juice Jones. You young guys need to go listen to that one, for sure. That's uh, It's about, uh, it's about a girl, and, and uh, she's cheating on her guy, and he follows her. And uh, finds her with some uh, alicat coat wearing, penny loafer wearing dude. And uh, he saw her and him walking in the rain. It's a great song. Number five, a little more bluesy and something else, kind of a regional hit for us. Black Velvet by Alana Miles, a song about Elvis Presley. She was so talented, and that song was so well put together, and the production value was great. I really thought she was going to take off, but she didn't. I don't know what happened. I don't know what, Alana, get with us and tell us your story. But great, bluesy song about a very popular topic. It was a huge hit. Number four, going more with the new wave here, the 80s new wave, Cars by Gary Newman. Fear Factory did an incredible cover of this a couple years ago. If you if you're looking for that sort of thing, I like. Maybe we'll do that one day. Top ten cover songs. Uh, but Gary Newman had a huge hit with Cars, 
And uh, that's another one of those too. When you begin to hear when there was less guitar, there was you know a lot less strings, a lot, a lot less live drums. Everything was kind of going more to synth pop there. Cars, Gary Newman, one of the first songs in there. Number three, you guys will know this one. It's your love by the outfit. I could have gone a little higher with this one, but I thought I don't want, you know, my uh, my feelings about Jake Mangum and his uh, four years here at Mississippi State to taint my opinion here. Your love by the outfield. I, I had this album play deep, bought it on cassette, ended up getting it on DVD on CD. Only a couple songs on there. Say it isn't so. wasn't pretty good too. But there's no doubt. Your love is the only real hit for the outfield. And they end up having a greatest hits album. They could have just done, you know, different versions of Your Love and called it a greatest hits album. Number two, a former number one song, Too Shy by Kajagugu. That's right. That's right. That's right. At one point in my life, that was my favorite song. I was really disappointed when I listened to the Dick Clark Top 25 or Casey Kasem, all that stuff, and it dropped for number one. I felt personally insulted when that song dropped number one. It was incredible. And the number one, in my mind, the number one 80s one-hit wonder of all time has come on Eileen by Dexter's Midnight Runners. I don't know how you could feel any, any differently. I really don't. And that's one of the things that about, if you go, this is probably the only song in the 80s where the lead instrument was a banjo and then the lead singer wore some uh, pedal pusher flood overalls in the music video. Just, it's so completely bizarre. And it's also such a great song. Go check it out today. And and people say, well, Steve, there's no, uh, there's no metal and there's no hard rock on your list. And there's one of the reasons why is because many of those bands had more than one hit. And like when I see these, these uh, one hit wonders list and they had like Twisted Sister on there, are you kidding me? They had White Lion on there. What? Winger? You kidding me? Get out of here with that. They had multiple hits. These are platinum recording artists. These weren't flashes in the pan. And so one of the reasons I don't mention those bands is because the, many of them are, are wrongly credited as a one-hit wonder when they had multiple hits, even on the Billboard charts. I think in order uh, to be a one-hit wonder, it's truly got to be one hit. And it's like people say, well, Steve, what? No aha take on me? No, because they had some other hits. Alive and Kicking was a big hit for AHA. So, you know, you have this revisionist history. And there are other people who say, well, you know, this hit and this, this song. There are some songs like the uh, Video Killed the Radio Star and Mexican Radio. Those, song, those songs weren't any good. They weren't hits. We just didn't have anything else to listen to. So, uh, Campus Bookmark, longtime sponsors of our show, they will give you curbside service too. You know what, if you just want to go, you need to get a birthday gift or you need to get something for yourself, you can order it online and then call them and they will bring it out to you. Curbside service right there at Campus Bookmark. And there are many businesses around Starville that are closing. And then let's say in the event that uh, you can't make it to town, you can visit Campus Bookmark on campusbookmark.net. Stan the man, Miss Kathy Brown, they'll all take care of you. They'll, they'll do their best to fill your online order quickly. Use promo code BSR, which is beautiful Steve Robertson. That's right. That's right. And that'll save you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, bucks, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmark.net, promo code BSR. So I want to get into a couple other things before we get out of here. 
I mentioned uh, that there was some hope around the world. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the uh, the South Korean Professional Basketball Leagues announced yesterday that they have put some games back on the schedule for later this month. Now they're going to be played without fans, and that's a step. But still, it's it is a step in the right direction. And uh, I saw some people joking on social media that said, "Hey, can we have those things broadcast on ESPN so we have something to watch?" Uh, by the time we're able to watch sports, we're all going we're going to be so filled with emotion, we're not going to be able to stand it. I, I think this is an important step, and I commend the, the South Koreans for saying, "Okay, listen, we're we're going to start taking some steps back towards normalcy. We think that we've got this thing on the run." We're still respecting it. We're still testing. We're still working towards a vaccine and, and maybe eradication at some point. I don't know how you you, you cure a virus, but uh, you know, just like you know, you still get the flu. There's different strains of that. But this is a health crisis that they have managed really, really well. And so, and again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it appears that they're a few weeks ahead of us. And so, when I see them begin to schedule these events, with or without fans, I begin to think, okay. You know, they're stepping out and being leaders in this whole thing. And if we look at our own selves and say, okay, four weeks is right around April 15th, and that's around the time the SEC is going to kind of reconvene and reassess the situation. And so at that point, we'll have a lot more information. And listen, it is going to get worse before it gets better. I'm not going to sit here and give you some sunny disposition because I think there's going to be some things happen. You know, we're going to see that spike, and hopefully it's just a molehill. But we're going to see an increased number of cases as testing expands, and that's, that's just part of the deal. And so when we get on the other end of that, I think there is some reason for optimism that we will be able to kind of get back some things that have been taken from us. And so I'm not going to give you any code of conduct, but I'll tell you that I think that is a step in the right direction. I think that we, we see what's happening in Korea. And again, I don't know that you can trust the Chinese numbers. I don't, I, you know. These are people that did their best to kind of conceal this outbreak for, for months. But the Koreans, you look at them, it's a little different deal. And so, to me, when I saw that, there was this moment of elation. I'm like, hey, we're going to make it. And I always felt like, I, I still believe that I'm the, the kind of person that it's a glass half full person too, and I believe the best is always yet to come. But when I saw that, I said, hey, you know, good for the Koreans. That gives me a little more hope. That gives me you know, some confidence that we're going to be able to put some teams on the field sooner rather than later. I'd love to be able to be cover, covering baseball this weekend in Baton Rouge and watching LSU-Mississippi State play. I think the LSU Tigers got off lucky not having to play Mississippi State this year. But you understand my point, is if they're doing it and we're a few weeks behind them when it comes to dealing with this virus, I think that there is some hope, you know, for the future sooner rather than later that we're going to be able to have some type of resumption of normal activities. Now, again, I, I'm again, I'm not going to tell anybody how to act or how to live. And, and I, I shared something on Facebook yesterday, kind of encouraging people to stay home, and people lose their minds. You know, well, I got to do this, and I got to do that. Listen, I get it, I get it. We all have to make a living. We do, but we don't all have to go watch Post Malone and with ten thousand other people. You know, we don't all have to go stand in Broadway Drive in Nashville with ten thousand other people. You know, there are some things that we can do to distance ourselves to aid in the public health crisis. And I'm, again, I'm not going to tell anybody how to act, but I'm just saying when we go out, we do these things, it's just prolonging the problem. I know for me that, uh, you know, I, I can live as a hermit for a long time. 
you know, I can get down and be creative and, and, and write and that sort of stuff and, and uh, do interviews and I can work from home. And, and we're very fortunate in that respect. There are a lot of other people that aren't as fortunate. And I want to give a tip of the cap. I had one of my classmates share with me last night about her husband being a cross-country truck driver. Those people keep America moving. They don't have a lot of say in this. And so for those people, they, they can't stay home. Okay. They got to get out there and deliver the groceries. They got to get out there and deliver the toilet paper so everybody can go raid the, you know, the toilet paper aisle. There are a lot of people out there that don't have the opportunity to stay home. They'd love to be able to stay home with their family and, and be sure that everybody's safe. They don't have that ability. There are people in the medical profession. I've got people in my family that are part of the medical profession. They're not going to close the hospital. We're going to have to get out and go to work. Certain precautions have been taken to protect those people. And, and there is some inconvenience for all of us. And it's one of the things, too, that I've, that I've seen. By and large, I've seen people say, hey, you know what? This is what we have to do. This is what we have to do right now. We don't know enough about this, and so we're going to be careful and take precautions. But I've been told there's some other people out there that are just like, you know, I'm going to continue to do what I want to do. And, you know, I guess that's your right. But you're putting everybody else at risk. And so I'm going to do my best to distance myself from those people. I, I don't want to be around those people right now because I don't know where they've been. I don't know who they've touched, who they've kissed, and who's breathed upon them. I don't know if they're a hand washer or not. I don't know if they're a mouth breather. I don't know if they're just going around being malicious, but I know that I'm going to take the steps necessary to protect myself. I will take some personal responsibility and kind of distance myself from them. But I'm a kind of person, too, that believes that let's make the, the most of what we have. And, uh, you know, we've got some time where we're able to spend some more time with family and kind of focus on some other things that, that maybe aren't distractions. And as much as we love sports, there are a lot of times that that is a, a bit of a distraction in life. I will 100% never take going to a game for granted ever again. I, I can assure you that I think I've done a pretty good job in my life appreciating the opportunities that have been afforded to me. But I can tell you, as much as I love going to Duty Noble Field, I will go with a new sense of appreciation in my heart when I go back. I want to remind you, too, if you hadn't done so, go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com. You can order Flim Flam and Stark Villains and, and get caught up on some summer reading. Go ahead and get ahead of the game. You don't have any games to watch. You don't have uh, a lot of those things to do, and a lot of times Netflix will get boring after a while. So pick up some books, and uh, I'll, I'm still going by and signing them around once a week. And uh, so if you want a personalized copy, we can get that done. You know, Easter's coming up. Birthdays are coming up. Wedding anniversaries are coming up. Uh, no greater gift than the gift of knowledge. And I have considered doing, um, and maybe you guys let me know how you feel about this. I was talking about this yesterday because I do have some extra time. I thought about what, what, if, what if we did some readings not as a bonus show, like one day a week, maybe I read like a chapter from one of the books and then give you some bonus content, like talk about some of the things that didn't make the book. And some other things that have kind of happened since I thought about that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open that up for discussion. You can you can message me. My DMs are open always. You can email me at srobertson at jeanspage.com or you can DM me on jeanspage. Let me know what you think. I'm just trying to find a way for us uh, to kind of fill the void a little bit and talk a little bit about sports. And so you know we'll do flim flam, we'll do stock villains. But I'm just thinking you know maybe once a week, you know, or a couple times a month, whatever. You know we'll do some of this and just till we get through the end of this deal and uh, you know, give you guys something else to listen to. Because I know many of you guys, especially some of you guys that travel, I got some friends that are in the service industry and they're really struggling right now. And I got some other friends that are 
you know, in the medical profession that are on the road and, uh, you know, having to deliver some things and, and call on clients, and that sort of stuff. And it's an uncertain world out there. And so anything that I can do to kind of help you guys with all of that, we're eager to do that. So let me know your thoughts on that. And uh, if you want, if you don't want to be read to, you can read them yourself. Again, at StarkVillainsTheBook.com. You can get your Stark Villains shirts and hoodies at StarkVillains.com. Might be a little bit of a delay right now with all manufacturing. Uh, some of that kind of arrested. But it is what it is. We're going to make it. And I think it's important for us to remain positive. I know it's one of those things when you're around the house all day, every day, and you can't run the town, and your, your normal routine is interrupted, that it is, it, it is very unsettling. And I, and I get it. Because this isn't something as simple of, well, you know, my car's broken down or I've been a little bit sick. There are people that are dying from this. And so it is very unsettling. But I think it's important that we all lean on each other and understand that we're going to make it. It's as simple as that. We're, we're going to make it. There are going to be some, some difficult days ahead, but we're going to make it. And so I encourage you, remain positive and re reach out to others. You know, I've got some friends around me that uh, kind of get chronically depressed and, uh, and so every so often I have to reach out to them just to remind them, that, you know, there's there's better days ahead. What that's going to do it for today, I'll be back on Friday, and you never know what we're going to be able to talk about. You know, we on Monday we're able to talk about Dak Prescott's contract situation and Chris Jones, and we talk about Greg Sankey's phone call today. So there are still plenty of things to talk about in the sports world. I hope that you are well. I hope that you are feeling well, and that all of those that you love are far from harm's way. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.